See, it all started one day when I was walking down the street. I look left and I look right, thinking, how can life be so nice again? La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, oh, sing it, baby. La da da da, la da da da, la da da da, no, sing it, baby. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. All the things that we can be and all the things that we can see. You're listening to the Curse Cast with David Carl and RJ Montano. David and RJ will take you through the latest recaps, news, and interviews from around New Mexico United Soccer. You can shoot us comments or questions at the Curse NM on Twitter, the Curse New Mexico on Facebook, or email the show at thecursenm at gmail.com. And now a part of the beautiful game network and recorded from the studios of ESPN Radio 1017 the team, here's David and RJ with the Curse Cast. Hello and welcome to the Curse Cast. We have a fun episode for you today. It is our playoff episode. I'm RJ Montani alongside David Carl. And David, we are in the playoffs. We are in the playoffs. We are in the play-in match. And we have, uh, I guess, what amounts to a a, a fan roundtable tonight. We're joined by several guests. Uh, First and foremost, uh, you know him uh, as Andrew because his name is Andrew. It's Andrew. Andrew. What's going on, everybody? Andrew Bolte, head of the Sandinistas. Key member of the curse, our friend Andrew Bolte. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thanks, thanks for having me. One of the OGs. He was one of the uh, original eight. Six. Down to three. Six. Eight. I don't know, whatever it was. Whatever. Original well, folks. Just, just draw a number out of the hat. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Original 42. Yeah. Um, we are also joined uh, by New Mexico United's own Lucas Cash, unfortunately. He's here. That guy's here again. I'm yeah. back. Yeah. I'm back, people. Yeah. Are we still the highest downloaded episode? Cash me outside. Uh, I don't know. We stopped paying attention because <laughs> you were winning and we just don't care after right. that. Yeah. At, the, at that it's point, Lucas it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, Lucas is here. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> All right. And uh, we also we have uh, one other person, so two people we like. Uh, Josh Lane is in Sacramento at this moment on the line. He just landed. Josh from the Sacramento airport. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. Big fan. <laughs> happy, happy to have you here. Happy to have you here, uh, gentlemen. It is a roundtable of five. When typically we have two, maybe three. Uh, there's plenty of airwaves for everybody. Uh, excited to have everybody here. How are we feeling, uh, Lucas? I'm going to start with you. How are we feeling? Uh, New Mexico United's first ever playoff match is at the time of this recording tomorrow. But by the time people hear this, probably today. How are you feeling? Euphoric. I mean, uh, I make a lot of jokes. I, I take a lot of shots where they they aren't necessary, but uh, I, I can't really capture the feeling of last Saturday night in words. Uh, coming down, you know, hugging you guys, embracing you guys, this entire journey kind of culminated in that one moment. So, yeah, I'm ready, man. Uh, Wednesday, today, can come soon enough. Yeah. Hey, David, I don't sound that annoying, do I? Uh, as Lucas? Yeah. Oh, God, no. Okay. Nobody ever could. Uh, anyway, moving forward, uh, Andrew, it's at Sacramento uh, is, is our first round, our play-in round matchup. Uh, how do you feel about that matchup? Do you feel like this is uh, something that, that bodes well for us as, as, as a potential opponent? I mean, we won 2-1 to one the last time we saw them at their place on a beautiful Brucey goal in the 88th. Yeah. How do you feel about the matchup? Uh, I feel like it's... Uh I feel I feel good about it because yeah. in that match uh, we absolutely looked like the better team in Sacramento. I'm and given the way that we've been in one and done situations on the road, uh, that's 
speaks pretty well for us, I think. And I think you make a really good point there. I mean, uh, what I had tweeted out from the the Curse uh, Twitter right after we won on Wednesday night was, so you're saying we're in a tournament now. We're playing on the road against teams we shouldn't beat. Does that sound familiar to you, Josh Lane? Yeah, uh, I mean, where I'm coming from is that, you know, we got nothing to lose. So there's everything to play for, and we've been here before. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, again, RJ, uh, you, Josh is right. We've been here before. You know, we've played in these on-the-road tournaments. Um, how do you feel about, you know, kind of how things have played out for us? Again, it's Sacramento in the first round, and let's just focus on Sacramento and try not to look ahead for now. Uh, how do you feel about that matchup? How do you feel about how things look for us? So I think uh, looking at Sacramento, it's hard not to look ahead. Uh, I think this is a good <laughs> let's matchup try. for us. This is a really good matchup <laughs> for us. It's a, a, a game that I think that we will be uh, extremely competitive in. I think um, – just the way we've been playing with a lot of heart these past few games. I mean, we, we haven't really won but one of them, but we've, we've played with a lot of passion, played with a lot of heart. Uh, I think this U.S. Open Cup type run that we've made before is is going to happen again this season. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting it's an exciting proposition. And I think uh, we would have all loved to have been in Sacramento like Josh is right now. But I mean, it is. Last minute when you clinch on the last day of the season, and Sacramento's not close. I think any one of us, Andrew, I think you and I were both looking, uh, we were messaging each other back and forth on Facebook trying to figure out how to get there, and uh, just wasn't in the cards for us. So let's uh, let's hope that we can go ahead and, and get a victory there so we can move forward and, and potentially get to some playoff games. What are you looking for, Andrew, uh, in this first-round matchup with Sacramento? Is there is there anything that kind of stands out to you as, if New Mexico United does this, they win? Uh, controlling possession, but mm. also if we can get Devin involved, mm. I, I could see him uh, taking us to the next round. Honestly, he's been on a real hot streak of late, and I think I think provided we can uh, control the ball and find him up top, good things are going to happen. Yeah, New Mexico United's offensive player of the year, Lucas. Something you agree with, or is is there something you're specifically looking for in Sacramento? I think Andrew brings up an amazing point. You know, Josh and I were talking earlier, and uh, rarely do I make a good metaphor, but I think, uh, you know, the whole blind pick finds an acorn every once in a while. I made a pretty good uh, reference earlier, and that was, it felt like the last time we were playing Sacramento, uh, Devin up there with the Sacramento defenders, it very much looked like a dad wrestling with his children in the pool yeah right like they were able to drag him down a couple times i'm surprised they didn't tabletop him at any point (laughs) but like he's just he's this physical specimen and you get him in that mindset you get him to where he's he's doing what dev does best which is being enormous and physical and incredible and being in the right place at the right time I, again, I, I like this matchup a tremendous amount. Does Sam Warner make me a little bit nervous? You bet. Sure. That guy's an all-star, yeah. um, and he's he, he hit an absolute stunner against us. I think that's what a lot of people forget. It gets lost in the Brucey worldy, right, that he hits that absolute stunner at the end of the match, and that kind of becomes the defining point of it. Chris Weehan's first goal mm-hmm. in that match was beautiful. Well, and this was that was kind of Chris Weehan's coming out party, too. Yeah, he was ready. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he don't get me wrong, he played well in the the first portion of the season, but that was really when he started to turn it on and scored a lot more goals since then. Um, and he's he's just been a kind of a different player since Sacramento, in my opinion. And and there's there's kind of a uh, uh, he was talking about it on a different radio show. I don't remember what it was. There but are no other radio shows. There's, 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 I'm saying, we're a podcast, guys. Come on. 
No, no, we're on K Suave in Santa Fe. K hey, K Suave, K what's K up? Hey. Lucas Cash coming to you live yeah. from the Duke City. We're not live. <laughs> Go ahead, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> just, just owned that. No, but no, I, I, I agree with so you that. Uh, <laughs> I, California is good to Chris Weehan. Um, yes. that's that's where his roots are, uh, and for some reason he just he just draws some sort of energy from the soil out there. Yeah, um, and and that's what Devin does for you. When Devin is allowed to just get up there and bruise people and knock them out of the way, it opens up so much. And and we saw that. We saw when when we're able to kind of attack in the way we want to attack. Um, we're one of the most unstoppable teams in soccer, and and Devin's physicality makes that possible. And a lot has been made. You know, you guys, you guys both mention you know offensive players a lot has been made of you know new mexico's seeming at times inability to kind of shut other teams down but i don't buy into that for the last quarter of the season they've played a lot better defensively and we've talked extensively on on the show about how they've started to gel as a unit so for me the key to sacramento is justin schmidt uh he has been i would say for the last hell half a season has been the guy for balls in the air he's been the guy who heads everything out he's the guy who gets these important clearances and not to take anything away from the rest of the defense but when there's a high ball i'm looking at justin schmidt and if he plays well and if he's able to get to those high balls before the attackers are for uh, for sacramento then i think new mexico wins this game josh you have a key to this match in sacramento well i mean schmidt just a note on him you know this is his old team he's always got a yep He's got a point to prove um, when he comes back here. And, you know, I think I think you guys are all kind of spot on in terms of Dev and Weehan. I like Santi, man. I, I think that he's due, he's due to just go off like we've, we've known him to do. And I think that uh, it's been long enough where he hasn't been quite as overtly threatening to this point. Like, it's time that uh, people have forgotten about him. Yeah. And it's time for him to go off again. I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point. I mean, when you have, we have four players, and I, I don't know if this is true anywhere else, but we have four players on our team who scored 10 goals this year. I don't know if any other USL team has done that. They may have, but none that come to mind. I mean, I, in Phoenix, you've got Solo Asante, you've got uh, uh, Junior Fleming, you've got um, Adam, John? Adam, Adam John, and yeah. I, I might think just be those three. Done it as well, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, to have four players score ten goals, I mean, that's that's saying something about your offensive firepower. RJ, do you have a key here? Uh, yeah, um, I I think it's gonna be the back line, and I'm excited to see because it's the postseason now, so mm-hmm. everybody's clear. We're gonna get everyone back. We're gonna have everybody playing. So seeing the one, I'm excited to see what the lineup is. Sure, I want to see what this postseason lineup is because it's gonna be something similar to I think what we saw in Minnesota. Um, you know, yeah. we're gonna have a. a we're, we're going to go for it all. We're going to throw everything out that we have. Sure. So I would like to see exactly who's playing, but I think we're going to have our best players just going out and playing as much as they can. Um, there's nothing to hold anyone back for right now. There's sure. no reason to hold anyone back so we could play everybody as much as we want because... There's no concern about red, about yellow card accumulation. There's no concern about the next game because if you don't win this one... There, is, a, there is no next game. There's so no injury problems. Yes. You just you pick your, Knock on wood. your best lineup and you just go for it. And and obviously Troy Lesane, the tactical genius that he is, knows this. You know, we're not we're not saying anything new. So I'm I am I agree with you, RJ. I'm excited but to see what he throws out. I think there. Suggs, the captain in the back, I think mm-hmm. it's it's gonna come down to him holding that line together, holding that, that defense together. It's gonna be uh Suggs on that back line that's gonna be the, the, the difference maker, I think. Yeah. I, I 
think that's a great shout. That's a great shout. All right, so Sacramento, as we said, uh, a matchup we are excited for. Josh, you just landed there. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen some of the guys, uh, the coaches, the players. What's the feeling like there? How is the team? How's the team handling everything? Yeah, man. Well, uh, because it's the the playoffs, and because we found out that we were coming here so late, uh, we actually had to go in two groups. So I'm sitting in an Uber right now with a, a couple of lads, but. You know, I think I think everyone's feeling good, man. I think, you know, you guys talk a little bit about the Open Cup feeling and what uh, what Saturday night probably did for these guys. I mean, it's electric, man. You, we we saw them all Sunday, and you know, not one of those guys during the acceptance speech said uh, said much more than like, I'm just thinking about Wednesday. So, but here we are. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's one thing that even with talking to them, even if they didn't say it overtly, these guys don't think the season's over. At no point do any of these guys feel like the season's over. You know, there was a, a celebration of what happened this year, but in in their minds and in our minds and in the coaches' minds, we got a long way to go. We got a month to play, and that was that was the first thing that that Coach Lassane said when he came off the field when I, I saw him after the game on on Wednesday night uh, he he came up to me and and you know we shook hands and, and hugged like we always do and he said hey we got a month to go and and that's what you want to hear that's what you want to hear from your coaching staff that's what you want to hear from your players and it, it, it makes you excited as a fan oh my god absolutely yep yeah no 100 percent. and uh, I'm just gonna get in here because you guys take rampant shots at me you keep saying Wednesday night David we played on Saturday Sorry, night Saturday, no it's Wednesday fine night before. it's fine I'm just getting you before the Phoenix fans get you but uh the, the bare bones fact of the matter was this that match looking back statistically speaking we needed help Right. Yeah, and that to me was the most nerve wracking part of Saturday night. I hear that. Uh, normally watching our squad is nerve wracking in and of itself. Uh, but but from the minute they came out, I, I wasn't nervous about them. They they looked like they were exactly in the right place. And the, and the stats sussed that out. Right. Fifty eight percent possession. No shots on goal for Las Vegas. When our team plays like that um, again, there's there's not a more unstoppable force. And. I think Josh brings up a, a really, really good point. Is is who are some of these attacking threats that that other defenses may have forgotten about? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Weehan has been on a tear lately. What Devin about, has been on a tear lately. What about Daniel Bruce? Where's Brucey? Yeah. Right? Where's Santi? Where's Kavon? Right? Yeah. All of these guys have been have been waiting for that opportunity to just just net one for us. And and I think that with the complexity of the playoffs and the and the stakes that are on the line. And the emotional high that this squad is is riding into this match, right? That I if if I'm Simon Elliott from Sacramento, I'm like, who do I focus on? And that's exactly right, uh, Andrew. You know, I, I think Lucas makes a really good point there in that when everybody is healthy, like we talked about earlier, which hasn't been often that everyone is healthy and nobody has to worry about yellow card accumulation, you have. Chris Weehan, you have Devin Sandoval, you have Daniel Bruce, you have Kevon Freider, you have Santi Moore. How the hell do you stop all those guys? It's pick your poison, essentially. Yeah. And if you choose one of them, then you have to keep in mind. You have to keep an eye out for uh, Josh Suggs, Manny Padilla. Yep. Putting in crosses uh, off the wings, so you're it. You can't protect against everything yeah and that's going to leave something open and i i think now's the time we're going to take advantage of that yeah and i think rj the key the key at that point when you've got these guys bombing forward and and the defense is shuffling about trying their damnedest to to keep track of essentially what amounts to five goal scorers and two beautiful crossers uh the key is is maintaining possession in the midfield because you leave yourself open for a counter at that point uh do you see that as something that new mexico united matches up well with sacramento as far as controlling the midfield 
Uh, I, I do. Yep. I do. I think the mid. Our, we have we have such a strong midfield that that you kind of lose track of who's there mm-hmm. because they're so interchangeable between each other. You, you, you anyone can play any position at any time up in that midfield. So you're you you, you kind of lose track of who is where because they do bomb forward a lot too. And then in that back line, you got uh, and I was surprised to find this out. Uh, Rashid Tate. He plays like rookie a veteran. He plays year. like a veteran. So when he won Rookie of the Year, I was like, that guy's a rookie. You didn't know he was a rookie. I did yeah. not know he was a rookie. That, yeah. I mean, I've been following this team for a year, and I was sure. like, this guy is so mature. Yeah. He's so passionate. He plays so good that this guy has to have at least four years of experience. Sure. This is incredible to find out. So so knowing that we have Rashid, who, who has been just an incredible defender for us these past few weeks, uh, well, all season, but especially these past few weeks. He's cleared he's, several off the line in the last few matches. helped us get to this playoff run because if, if not for him clearing some of these shots, they might have gone in. We, we lose the game against Tacoma without him. He cleared one yep. off the line. We, do, we lose 2-1. I mean, that was in like the 85th minute. That was that was a, a match-winning goal if he doesn't clear it off the line right there. And we're not in the playoffs at that point. So, yes, that's I mean, that that one point make, made all the difference. That one clearance off the line for Rashid. Not that that was the only thing he did. He's done a hell of a lot more. He's done so much. But, yes, absolutely. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I thought something really interesting that we saw on Saturday. You know, Juan Pablo Guzman has been such a maestro for us. He has right? one, of, one of the highest passing completion percentages in the league. He's incredible. I, I often refer to him as a spatula, right? He's the guy that's going to flip us from offense or from defense to offense. Um, and so when I didn't see him in the 11 mm-hmm. on Saturday, it, it didn't worry me, right? Like Troy Lassane has forgotten more about tactics than I'll ever learn in my life. Sure. But I saw I saw Salih and I and, and I saw that Sam were going to hold down our midfield. And, and you know, he, he had his reasons for that given that las vegas is is pretty terrifying in the air and and kind of big fellas right um but but to speak to that point that rj made earlier that we have uh plenty of tools in that midfield and and i think that's what every coach dreams of right that i'm not restricted that i never feel like i'm handcuffed by personnel and we're a smaller roster when you look at us in comparison to some other rosters yep. but the quality of each individual in that is something that troy lasane has just made perfect use of and so again i'm just so excited to see like what has he been thinking what has he been seeing in the fil- film and how does that that sort of equate to what he's going to do um with with tomorrow's lineup and we called him we called we called him a mad genius at uh toward the beginning of the season uh and and as such you know he's been concocting something he's had something ready for this first round playoff match he's not just been sitting on his hands it's not just going to be you know the same tactics it's not going to be something will be different and it may be subtle but it'll make an impact um and and i have nothing but uh, but the most confidence in, in zach and and brandon and, and troy and mike and and the entire staff it's 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 exciting as you said i think exciting is the right adjective i'm i'm pumped um how you, uh, we already talked a little bit about how you're feeling andrew but uh but i, I don't know i guess kind of going into this is is there anything that that you think we should be focused on i mean obviously there, there's the the weight of the moment our first ever yeah. playoff match that, that may be it well, I'm, I've been on edge all week for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just trying to figure out if I can make it to Sacramento at all. And now here we are almost 24 hours away from kickoff. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be electric no matter where you are watching the match tomorrow, whether it's at Star Brothers, Civic Plaza, Salt Yard, anywhere else in Albuquerque, or if you've fortunate enough to make it to Sacramento. Yeah, this is you only get one 
first season, you only get one first playoffs. And it pains us all to not be there. We would all love to be there. Absolutely. But, uh, um, I think that would be it for the first segment. I want, we want to get into some of your questions. We had a lot of questions come in, unless, RJ, you wanted to add anything before we go into the I think I'm good. Two. The only thing I want to add is that Lucas sucks, but, I mean, that's just... Yeah. That's fair and accurate. I, I like you, Lucas. Thanks, Andrew. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, just just so you're all aware, we don't actually hate Lucas. No, I love Lucas. Lucas He's... is wonderful, but we just like to give him a bunch of crap. It's kind of fun. It's a, it's a shtick. I, I do. I do hate Lucas. There I'll you go. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to go to sec- segment number two. We'll be back with your questions right after this. You're listening to the Kirk's Cast. This is David Estrada, and you're listening to The Curse Cast. And welcome back into The Curse Cast. We are joined, as we said earlier in the show, by several of our good friends. Lucas Cash, Andrew Bolte, Josh Lane, live from Sacramento, as live as you can be on our pre-recorded podcast. Uh, gentlemen, we got a lot of questions in for this second segment. Are you ready to answer them? To the best of my ability. Let's do it. All to, right, to so, the worst of my ability, but let's do it. Yeah, there's not not much of a difference, right? 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 <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we're gonna start uh, with a a very, uh, I guess, a fun one uh, from Susie Montano. Woo! Uh, you know her? I've met her. Yeah, you met her. You share the same last She's name. Cool. Is that a coincidence? Yeah, Suze. Good old Suzette, as we call her. She loves being called that. Yes, she does. Yeah, she does. All right. Uh, so her question uh, to the entire group: What are your superstitions leading up to the match? RJ, I'm gonna start with you. Um, I think it's wearing my curse, my original curse T-shirt before every game. The original, you wear it before the game, but not to the game. Not to the game. I wear my uh, very expensive jersey to the game, but I wear the uh, the curse, the original curse shirt to every match. Yeah. Uh. So that's the one. The is it the black one with the with the which which one which one are you talking about? It's the black one with the crest. Black one with the crest. Okay. Okay. Uh, Andrew, any uh, any superstitions? Oh, well, my superstition was to bring my uh, city of Albuquerque flag with me to every match. Yeah, until, that was a great uh, superstition. The uh, Albuquerque Sunport managed to misplace it somehow. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, really great. Um, yeah, I've uh, tried several things. Uh, I've tried wearing uh, my original Albuquerque Soul jersey. I've tried wearing. Uh, New Mexico United jerseys. I've tried wearing different ball caps, and I'm starting to think that uh, no superstition works. Because uh, how dare you? How dare me? How dare you? You're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, coughing. Lucas, save me. I will. Um, and it's good because my list of superstitions is is quite long. Number one, I don't allow anyone to show me any love or affection all day. That's every day. <laughs> Why would anybody in the first place? Hey, oh, trying to figure out how that's a superstition. I isolate myself and have an hour of anxiety. He's just a masochist. (laughs) That that should have been my answer, actually. (laughs) All right. uh, So so no affection of any kind. Keep it going. Uh, Yeah, no, you have to have the hour of anxiety. If you don't have that, you don't do anything. No, I mean, there there really is a ridiculous list. And and I think, as Andrew pointed out, it's had little to no scientific effect on what happens. Um, But my personal favorite one, just because it was it was good for me and it helped other people out is for a while I believed our success hinged on me doing manual labor at the park before I uh, before the match started so I would often be a part of the crew that helped set up the signs and nail down the turf over the dirt and all of that fun jazz but not anymore 
You, no. just, you just leave Katie to do it by herself. That's she's real fine. kind of you. She's fine. She's she's a strong, independent woman. No, she, she is. She knows but how she to. She could probably use some help, Lucas. No, she, I mean she she pretty much explicitly told me that that to there was away. other stuff I needed to be <laughs> go be paying attention to. You kept messing it up. Much like being on the Curse Cast, uh, <laughs> helping helping out in any regard uh, on game day is just a recipe for feeling bad about myself. So Lucas just kind of goes into the press box, huddles in a corner, and shivers until match kickoff. Probably eats a bunch of popcorn. The popcorn's good. I know. That's, that's what a probably good eats popcorn. a bunch of it. Yeah. All right. So that's your list. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Lane uh, from Sacramento, any superstitions on match day? Yeah, man. I got to be wearing the right socks. That's that's my superstition. Mm. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's because like, when you travel with the guys, you want to pack super light. So it's like, all right, well, I, I got to bring the right pair of socks. So there's socks that we've lost in, and I don't wear those. And then there's socks that we wanted. So we're uh, keeping those ones clean. So I think you and I are on the same page, Josh, uh, with regard to, you know, I have superstitions, but when we lose, they go out the window. Uh, so one of, those, exactly. one, of the, one of those superstitions was uh, the curse socks. I have a pair of curse socks, the only pair in existence, uh, and I wore them for, I think, two or three matches, and we lost or didn't, we didn't win. We either lost or draw all of them, and I don't wear them anymore. Yeah, no. burn them. Yeah, I, I don't wear them. And they're so cool. They're cool socks, but I won't wear them. It's, it's not worth it. Those socks will stay in the drawer forever. Uh, also, uh, wore my um, my home jersey, the regular home jersey for a while, and we lost a couple with that. So I stopped wearing that, and I've been wearing my Meow Wolf Special Edition jersey, which has gone much better. So I've been wearing that one more often. Or uh, my shirt that RJ's wearing right now, which is the black curse shirt with the yellow curse logo and Doral Motors on there. Doral Motors! I've been wearing that one. A lot, uh, and that's been going well too. So uh, it's it's more of a clothing thing, I think, more than anything. Uh, RJ, you got any superstitions? He already told you. Oh, his I'm superstitions. sorry. I'm a terror. I'm bad. Yeah, yeah. God, you pulled a Lucas there. Uh, I'm uh, such yeah. a freaking. Although we did get another tweet for Josh. Uh, this tweet says, "Hey, Josh, big fan. I <laughs> uh, just wanted to know what you're trying to prove with that ridiculous lens you use on game days. Compensating. <laughs> I mean, you know, I feel like whoever's asking that is. In the wrong things, you know. They got to they got to look at the product that comes from from using something like that, you know. So what you're saying about, is uh, what you're saying is it's not the size of the lens; it's how you use it. Hey, yo, <laughs> is that where you're getting at? There you go. You uh, you stole my line there, David. Yeah. Oh, damn. Sorry. I'm over two guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. You guys want to really Lucasing I'm, this yeah. episode? Hey, this is Lucas Cash. I'm the host of the Curse Cast, <laughs> taking over for David. Yeah. No. The the That's thing is, it's like a third sco- job it, on your uh, resume right now. It's or? like a Scooby Doo episode. You take the mask off, and it was Lucas the whole time. <laughs> That's right. All right. So speaking of Lucas, uh, we have a question from uh, Lucas. He says, I have a question for myself. Why am I subjecting myself to what could potentially be an hour of verbal abuse? I mean, it's yeah, what do you do, Lucas? It's it's obvious. We're back to the masochism, the, aren't we? The, it's better to feel something than nothing at all. <laughs> so this isn't a game day. No, no, no. And since uh, since I have nothing better to do tonight than again have anxiety or criticize myself, why not come in here and let the external forces do it? So uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script on you guys. Thanks for telling me how terrible I am. You're yeah. saving me a lot of work. Yeah. No. Happy to happy to do that. And that's really why we do it because we care. <laughs> to be fair, it's more along the lines of about two hours of abuse. So <laughs> well, right. David was late. So. 
I don't know what you're talking about. This show is going to go out right on time. Uh, So anyway, uh, another question from our good friend Billy Anthony, who is uh, he's going to be in Sacramento tomorrow. His flight leaves tomorrow morning. Go on, Will. Uh, Yeah, I wish I could be joining him there. But he says, what is the single most important slash impactful part of making the playoffs for this team, for the players, the coaches, front office staff and for the state of New Mexico? So so what kind of an impact? I want to start with you, Andrew. What kind of an impact do you think making the playoffs has on the team and on the state and its people? Well, on, on the team, I mean, when everyone was brought together to start the season, the observation was made that a lot of people were kind of cast-offs or people with chips on their shoulders. Yep. This has proven that they they are absolutely worthy of being where they are at. Love that. And as far as the state goes, I mean, you know how it is with pretty much anything athletically here in the state of New Mexico, whether it be Lobo basketball or, um, I guess, the Aggies, if you're into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not personally. But, I mean, we we tend to embrace success. Sure. And uh, with uh, uh, a mania bordering on zealotry, we, we will travel for things. We love our teams and i'm excited for when we beat sacramento and yeah. get to go to phoenix and just just to see how crazy that's going to be yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a blast lucas uh you know i i think it's just it, it was the sort of end point we needed right that our crowd our supporters are amazing and already two weeks ago they were having the conversations of well if this doesn't work out you've still been amazing you've still done awesome things and it's so it's so valuable to be able to reward that loyalty, that support with with this playoff berth. Um, yeah, all those fans are right. We wouldn't have counted this season as unsuccessful if we hadn't made the playoffs. But making the playoffs makes it all the sweeter. And for me personally, that hour after the results were in. Mm-hmm was what made it valuable to the state, to the supporters. So it was incredible. It felt so good. It was incredible. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of those feelings of euphoria that that's probably, I mean, you can't match it with anything else. You can't replicate that. And so few times as a lifelong New Mexican have, have I been able to experience that. And to, to be able to share that with my wife, to be able to share that with my amazing coworkers in the front office, to be able to share that with Peter and you and RJ and Andrew and the players, um, it's just, it's one of those things that everyone that was in that stadium, that's a lifelong memory. Oh yeah. And, and being able to lock that one in and, and keep that one in the memory banks. I think that's where the real value comes. I felt that twice this year. And again, as you said, it's not something you feel muff, mer- very often in your lifetime. And I felt it twice this year. Thanks to this team here and in Denver. And to get that twice out of one season, you can't ask for anything more than that. RJ, what do you think about impact? Uh, you know, I think I've felt it more than twice. I mean, this team just time after time has given us that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? That moment that just brings us all together. Um, that first game when the TIFO goes up and the team's coming out and we're just excited and we don't know what the hell we're doing as supporters. And the team is brand new and it's a team of guys who have never played together really. And, and they just could see that, hey, look, it's your first game and we are here. New Mexico is here. We are here to support you. We love you. This is the first time we're ever going to see you and we we are 
we are all invested. Yeah. So having that first moment, that moment of, of the Cinco de Mayo game, mm-hmm. just everything that went into that, all the work from the curse, all the work from the team, and just to get the result on that day and just have the flags and just everything that came out of that game, another one of those moments. And then, like you said, the, the, the Denver game, that one is a huge one. That's going to live with me forever because just, I mean, I had every emotion you can have during that match and and going up and coming back down um you guys also went to dallas and yeah. had another big moment there just being able to take on another mls and, team and andrew and i almost passed out it was so hot yeah that, it, it was, was 900 kind of happy that i didn't make that lucas, <laughs> lucas broadcasted that one yeah you were in the booth for that right i did i was uh, the color commentator for that and uh was l- Probably the historically most biased announcer that has ever been. <laughs> I, need to, part of back, a I game. need to go back and listen to that. I, I don't. Yeah. I didn't because we were in the stadium. Obviously, I need to go back and watch that. See, there's a match. It's, it's another one of those moments, and then to get a ticket on the on the plane to yeah, Minnesota. God, just that's that another so cool. moment. And when then, Santi scored that goal in Minnesota, and, oh, yeah. I mean, oh. when we when we that first six minutes was a dream. That yeah. first seven minutes. That our little wedge yeah. of the stadium that was entirely black and yellow for those first seven but, minutes. Like, we, we owned the stadium we made an impact on that playoff or the the usl open cup run or the u.s open cup run right and and we just made our impact and we made new mexico the team helped us put new mexico on the map yeah and and they time after time they've given us something to support something to believe in something to be proud of putting away like uh, we've always said that like you put away your politics and you put away everything we put away crapping on new mexico Mm-hmm. And, and we come together what's for United the, Games. What's the, the saying that Albuquerque has used recently is start bragging? I like that. I yeah. like that. I think and, it's good. And then we have been. Yeah. And then just that moment we had when we clinched that playoff, just clinched that win when that second goal went in against uh, the, the lights, yep. just clinching that playoff game. And my wife hates the word clinch, so I'm going to say clinch as many times as I can right now. <laughs> well, it's but a- clinching, clinching, clinching. And then and, and like just all these moments that we've had throughout the season have not only impacted me, but just different groups of people who have been able to, to feel this. And you see it. On social media, you see it in the newspaper. You hear people talking about it in town. You see those yellow magnets everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just it's had a huge impact. It's so impactful that UNM is going to try to cut United. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's good. Awesome. That's good. I love it. All right, Josh, uh, you have a, you have a thought on impact. I mean, you you are. Uh, of the people on this show right now, I think you have the, I think it's fair to say you have the most access to these players on a regular basis, to this team, to the coaches. Is is there some sort of impact that you've seen maybe on them, on the players, on the coaching staff? Yeah, man. I, you guys are all telling telling pieces of the story that I want to tell when, when I hear that question. And, um, you know, when we were, when we finished warm-ups at Minnesota, uh, coach, you know, he'll, he'll talk before warm-ups about technical stuff. After the warm-ups, right before they go out, he gives them, you know, a couple of final notes, but above all, he, he, he gets them in the right mindset. Um, and ahead of that game, he told them, you know, like you guys said, a lot of guys who had been rejected throughout their career, but he told them, you know, you guys are, you guys are good enough. You've, you've earned this. And, you know, we talked about those first 10 minutes is like, you know, Pete, Pete called them some of the greatest in New Mexican history. Yep. Um, but the, the 80 minutes after that were, were a different story. And I think, like, if you look at the season, if you look at what happened, you, you have to feel that what Troy said 
kind of weighed a lot on them when they felt like, okay, maybe we, maybe we aren't all the way there yet. You know, maybe we don't really deserve to be quite here yet. Um, and I think if you look at the story of the whole season, if you look at where we are now, we're, we're going up against a future MLS team. We're going up thereafter against Phoenix. Um, like it's just this, this continuous underdog story. Even when you think, you know, everyone's talking about us, everyone's saying, oh, Santi and, and Kev, you know, then all of a sudden we're the underdog again. Um, and I love that space, man, because that's where these guys make their money. That's where they, they cut their teeth is like, okay, everyone is doubting us. And everyone's always doubting New Mexico. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> this is the time to, for them to prove again, we belong here. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. And, there was the the speech that that coach Lassane gave after, I believe it was after it may have been before Josh. I think you know uh, the the match in Minnesota, um, and and the video that you put out on that, which was essentially nobody can ever forget about New Mexico again. Um, you know we're forgotten about all the time. You know people think we're in Mexico if they've if they haven't been here before. You know do they take American currency in New Mexico? Do they speak English in New Mexico? You know all these things. Um, and so it, it, coach is right. You know, nobody can ever forget about New Mexico after what happened there. Uh, it was an historic run and the first of two historic runs that'll be made this season. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Um, and you know what? This is getting to the postseason was was step one. We got a long way to go. Um, exactly. So let's let's move on. Uh, Jeff Jankowski on Facebook. Um, Go asks uh, as an expansion team by making the playoffs as the number ten seed has the team met, not met, or exceeded expectations based on the goals set before the season started. And I want to turn that on its head a little bit. I want to I want to make that based on your personal expectations because we don't necessarily know what expectations Troy made or or each individual player. But I want to start with you, RJ. Uh, based on your personal expectations, uh, did the team exceed at this point in the season? Uh, and maybe your answer could be you're not sure yet. The jury could still be up. The season's not over. Have they? met it have they exceeded have they not met it how, how are you feeling uh this is this is a tough question to answer uh because those expectations changed throughout the year that's a great but point. before the season before the season we said hey we make a playoffs we had a hell of a year yep. at the beginning of the season if if we told you hey we made the playoffs as the very last team to sneak in we'd have taken that and and we did <laughs> right uh but during the season when we were sitting on top of the table thinking hey maybe this can we can sustain this we're kicking ass in in usl we're beating some mls teams mm -hmm. uh it's it, we have to host a playoff game and not being in the first round of the uh, the play-in round right and then everything else that's happened i'm still very happy so i i guess i would say we met our expectations maybe exceeded a little bit because we said hey if we made the playoffs it'd be great mm -hmm. Which was a lofty goal, but not. I, I can't answer that. Sure, sure. Andrew, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking that I'm glad that we made the playoffs. If you told me that we would have made it to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup and made it to the playoffs in the first year of our existence, when we started this in February, mm -hmm. I uh, I don't know what I would have said. Yeah. Um, but but I think RJ also said it succinctly that expectations change and it, while it's great to be in the playoffs as a first year franchise 
there is a little bit of disappointment in where we ended up. I, I for a very long time thought we were going to finish top four, that yeah. we were going to get an opportunity. I think to we host all did. A playoff game and really turn this thing on its head. It may have been a little bit of a blessing in disguise, though. Um, going the route that we're going because now all the pressure's off. That's that's yep. another thing, uh, Coach Troy said. Uh, during the Open Cup run, this is this is pure pleasure. All, Every, the, all the pressure's off. You've you've earned your way here. Everything to gain, nothing to lose. There's so a just, lot to be just said go for out that. there and just go out there and make it happen. Yeah, and we've proven that we can do it. And I, I can't can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, Lucas, expectations. I mean. RJ really hit the hit the nail on the head, right? That that those that's been a moving target. Those expectations, you know, you you soar to the top of the Western Conference, you go on this historic run, and all of a sudden you start thinking these these grandiose things like what what's going to happen now? I think we're all guilty of it. Yeah, I, and and as well you should be. I mean, in a land that that Peter has described when he described it in the beginning, he said one of the the goals of this organization is to be sort of a. a an anecdote or an antidote to the poverty of imagination, right? And and we we let people dream and we let them believe in in something big, and and to a certain degree, you would you would feel like we fell short of that, but I don't think we did. And in a sense, why I'm going to say we exceeded expectations is based off of the last couple of weeks, right? I think there was this this feeling that we were all kind of resigning ourselves to what was going to happen. Yeah, we had a great season. But things happen and, you know, goals that miss by inches or plunk off the post. If all of those had gone in, maybe it would have been different. But this team on Saturday showed something um, from a mental standpoint that exceeded anything that should be a part uh, of a first year franchise. Right. They went into that match knowing that their destiny wasn't in their hands, that we needed some help. And by some act of God, we got that help that we needed. And they didn't squander that. They didn't. They didn't say, "Okay, well, uh, let's get really defensive and let's tuck in and let's not be who we are." And in that final game, I saw a team that was perfectly comfortable with who they are. And here's what I'm going to say: They've exceeded my expectations. And if I was a betting man, I'm going to say they're going to continue to exceed my expectations because they're at a point right now that, again, we should have been out. Yep. Statistically speaking, it shouldn't have happened. We never should have been in. And really? it did. Yeah. And now, again, look out Western Conference. You're you're going up against essentially the Lazarus of the playoffs, right? That everything was dead, and now they're back to life. Well, All bets are off. When when we, uh, I don't remember at what point, but it was a point where things were looking a little bit dire uh, as far as our playoff hopes. RJ said to me, uh, if, if we make the playoffs, we have a new mascot. And not a real mascot, but uh, we're just going to call ourselves the cockroaches because you can't kill us. Uh, and, and I love that. I love that. And I think it goes back to uh, the, kind of the the look down upon thing. And yeah, well, we'll be Las Cucarachas. Bring I stole it on. that from Susie. Oh, is Susie who thought yeah, of it? Yeah. I think it's great. I love that. I, I absolutely love that. I mean, just kidding. I thought of it. <laughs> Josh, what about your expectations? Have we met them? Have we exceeded them? How are you feeling? To be oh, I'm grateful, I man. I, I think. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um. So, you know, Lucas brought me on right out of college uh, to step into this role. And going into it, for me, it was always like, well, if this doesn't work out, I can just go travel or something like that, you know. Um, but now here we are, you know, almost a year later, and this is like a family, you know what I mean? Um, that's, for the, that's for the players, that's for the, the supporters. 
this, this, this massive community in. You know, I think when I look at our mission statement, initially when we were launching this brand, it, it didn't mention soccer. Um, it, it, was, it was everything around it. And so the fact that you guys exist, uh, the fact that this podcast exists, the fact that, you know, we get to fill a stadium full of people who, you know, we share an identity with now, uh, that's, that's success enough. The rest, you know, the rest, as, as Pete kind of said this week, the rest is just, you know, icing on top uh, of a great cake. Yeah. I think you, you're kind of getting into to my thoughts on, on this topic, which was um, on the field, you know, I think as far as expectations goes, I, 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 I agree with Lucas and RJ and Andrew, all three of you, that your expectations change throughout the season. But I think as far as my general expectations of what this club could mean, what it could be for New Mexico. Uh, I mean, come on. Well, no question. It's, it, it's, it's not even close. could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, RJ, Andrew, you and I were among with a couple other people thinking if we had 50 people in the supporters group by the end of the year, it would have been great. We're at 550. And that's not even the important thing. It's not the quantity. It's the quality of person. It's the people that are in the stands. It's the people that are in the front office, in the press box, the people that are on the pitch and on the sideline. Uh, Josh, you used the right word there, in my opinion. You used family. And that's what it is. I don't think any of us expected to get this close this fast. I don't think any of us expected uh, for it to be this impactful for people this fast and means so much to so many people. And it is a family um, and one that we thought, Hey, maybe one day we'll get there. But in never in my wildest dreams, did I imagine we'd be where we are in year one. And again, that's not even taking into consideration all the things that got you there, like that U S open cup run, like those road trips to Colorado Springs and Phoenix and, 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 and all these places. Andrew lives in Colorado Springs. Now just ask him. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful community. <laughs> don't, don't you talk badly about it? Uh, but no, in, in, in all seriousness, so, I mean, these are, these are things that you would never have guessed if you if if I could take a snapshot of right now and show it to myself, you know, from what ten months ago, a year ago, uh, I would have traded anything for it. And this is this has been amazing and, and one of the best years of my life, uh, thanks to this team. So yeah, uh, as far as expectations go for this club, could not possibly have exceeded them more. Um, and again, I think there's more to go as far as uh, as far as the postseason is concerned. All right, I want to get to. Um, a series of questions from one individual, Alex Mansfield, on Twitter uh, had a question for each one of what a us. <laughs> for each one of us, except Andrew, he didn't make, he didn't get one for you, Andrew. Well, you suck, Andrew. What that's the hell? Uh, that's perfectly fine. Poor Andrew, just give him Lucas's question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, that's so good. Lucas sucks. Okay, um, <laughs> all right. So the first one is for Lucas. Uh, Lucas uh, from Alex. Uh, what has been in your mind the best locker room speech? And he's not necessarily talking about New Mexico United. He said cinematic or otherwise. So it could be a Troy Lassane speech, but it could also be from Rudy or something. Sure. I mean, obviously, Rudy's going to be in that conversation. I think it was manufactured to be the, the greatest locker room speech ever. Right. Um, I think Al Pacino had an amazing locker room speech in any given Sunday. Yep. Uh, but the the true title winner is is always going to be Coach Lassane's first speech going into going into opening night. Mm. Um I, I don't want to share any specifics because, quite frankly, it's no one's business. That's between the the, the coach and 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 the players. But the snow and, was super awesome. Uh, I think Peter described it best when he said it was bone chilling, mm. um, and that it was it was one of those things. And and if you've ever spent two seconds around Troy Lassane, you know this man just 
oozes inspiration, right? You can't help but want to run through a wall just being around him. Yeah. And I think we've seen that manifest itself time and time again with him. But um, I thought about that a lot. I obviously saw the tweet from Alex. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm going to leave it. Okay. Uh, the next one is for Josh. Uh, Josh, what is the most iconic or photo, excuse me, what is the most iconic photo slash media moment from this first season? Uh, that's so hard to choose, man. Um, I love... I love the shot um, of Santi celebrating his goal in Minnesota. Mm. Um, I love the shots of the guys celebrating themselves getting into the playoffs. Um, but, dude, my, my favorite thing that I always you know look forward to photographing uh, is whenever we win and Josh Suggs brings his boy Sage out God, uh, and they, they play. I mean, that's like, that's just, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, that is, we talked to Josh about this on the last episode. That is literally one of my favorite things uh, involved in the game day experience. Uh, and I hope Josh Suggs plays the rest of his career in New Mexico United for many reasons, but that is one of them because I freaking love it when Sage and Josh go out there and play afterwards. And we cheer for Sage when he scores, and it is the most wholesome, amazing, wonderful family thing. And I love that. You just got to win every match yeah. so that we can always experience that. That's right. You're hearing that, players? Win every single match for yeah, that reason. No pressure at all. It's just. Do it for the kids. Uh, RJ, this one comes from Alex as well. Have you washed the Lou Wallace shirt yet? Well, here's the thing. Me and uh, me and Alex shared a hug after that last match, and uh, he, he knows the answer. <laughs> oh, gross. No, yeah, so we wash it every every match. Although I do want to give uh, Alex a shout-out, too, because um, after after we clinched that playoff spot, I, uh, Alex and David Carl, you guys, uh, you guys shared a moment on the field. Mm-hmm. We did indeed. It was uh, it was it was great. I mean, there were there were a few people uh, who it, it was an emotional moment. Uh, I am not ashamed to to admit that I shed a few tears. Uh, we've put our hearts and soul into this club. Um, we love this club with everything we have, and to see them battle like they did uh, was was amazing. I would have I would have cried if we lost too. Uh, just just to see the amount of effort and the amount these guys care so much, and and they care about the people and they care about the state. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, I, I, when I, when I, when I hugged Alex, it was, it was, it was emotional. When I hugged you, it was emotional. When I hugged Lucas, it was emotional because he smells so bad. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it was, it was, it was, I mean, these, these are, these are people who, you know, we've, we've gone through the battles with, you know, to, to use a cliche. Uh, uh, that wasn't the moment I was talking about. That was very nice of you. But, uh, you, you and Alex uh, dumped a Gatorade oh, tub of, of water on Peter is what I was talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, Alex Alex came over to me. I saw him with the cooler. I was like, what is it? He's like, hey, help me. And I was like, oh, we're dumping this on Peter. And we did. It was great. Uh, so go ahead. Susie again gave him the idea. She's like, hey, you going to dump that on Peter? And, and Alex is like, now I am. <laughs> it was so, great. Yeah. It was how, really how great. How are we going to lead Capos now that you're banned from pitch side? <laughs> well, that's just, I was, was going to say, it was like, it feels pretty cool to like dump a cooler on a millionaire. That's yeah, pretty cool. That awesome? <laughs> it's not even the ALS challenge. Uh, but he, Alex also sent a question to you, David. Would you uh, take no, a United title win no, no, if la, it meant la, Arsenal la, were la. regulated? No. Regulated? <laughs> Regulator, uh, re- re- relegated. Shut up, Lucas. I think I think government relegation. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal are going to get taken over and uh, turned into they a public trust. Couldn't be worse than Stan Kroenke. Um, 
I was really hoping to avoid this. You notice I skipped that. I did. I, I made sure to give Alex his full tweet. <sighs> so uh, if you could read it again, just so we get, because I was trying to. Would you take you a know. United title win if it meant Arsenal were relegated? Relegated. <sighs> gone. It would probably mean Stan Kroenke is no longer the owner of Arsenal. Oh, no, he's, he has the full ownership. There's no board. Well, there's a board, but they can't get rid of him. He has, he, he well, I mean, bought if, it all the if shares. You de- if you devalue something enough, yeah, uh, maybe he would leave. So uh, I know I know what the answer is to this because I thought about it all day. Uh, because this is, this is the most difficult question I've ever been asked in my entire life in any setting. Thank you, Alex. Uh and the answer is yes, I would. I would I would I would relegate Arsenal if it meant United would win the title. I would do that. I don't understand why it was such a hard choice for you. It's a win-win for you. Yeah. United gets Who cares a title. About Arsenal? United gets a title and Arsenal finally has a chance to win a league. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Gosh, I got to go to gotta, hell. We got to call the burn unit now. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Um, and he got that from Lucas of all people I know. in the world. Ugh. It's like, it's, it's like being beat up by a child. Right, exactly. A drunk you just, child. You just caught these drunk child hands, <laughs> Carl. <laughs> it's but, my show now. Uh, <laughs> I'm the captain now. Um, but yes, I would. I would I would, I would. would take that deal. Um, I love Arsenal with all my heart and all my soul, and I have since I was a child. Um, but United, New Mexico United is the, the club of my heart. It is my hometown club. And there is nothing more important than your hometown club. Um, and it would pain me to see Arsenal relegated, but then maybe we'd make the right moves and, and actually make things happen. And yes, maybe have the chance to finally win a league, uh, which we haven't done in quite some time. Um, and you know what? We could come back up the next year anyway. Uh, but to see New Mexico United win a title? Come on. What wouldn't you trade for that? I trade my firstborn. I'm never going to have kids. You can have my firstborn. Um, I, w- I would I would give almost anything to see New Mexico United win a title. So yes, I would do that. Alex, I hate you. You <laughs> trade Tottenham's first title? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, well, there's nothing to trade, nor will there ever be. Crack uh, on a ball. Um, all right, Adam. Adam asks the New Mexico question: Red or green? What? Christmas. Red or green? It depends on the meal. No, no, no. You got to pick one. No, pick no one. red pick for one. red for breakfast, green for dinner. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, Andrew. Uh, I've said in the past that I'm a I'm a green chili guy, but the best red chili is better than the best green chili. Mm, hot take. Yeah, literally. Fair play. Yeah. Picante. Spicy, spicy take. Uh, Josh Lane. Yeah, it's Christmas, man. Do both. Christmas all day. Let's go. Josh, make a damn decision. <laughs> it's red, man. It's <laughs> red. Coming at Josh with the fire. I, I'm, a, I'm a red guy as well. Uh, I, I like green chili. Green chili's great. No, yeah, I'm not saying I don't like green yeah. chili. Put it on some pizza one. and I but love you it. But yeah, one. red every I, time. I go red. I go red as well. Um, that was that was, that was was an easy one for me compared to the, the last one. Uh, Ren asks, well, we already talked about this. He asked what the keys are to the match. We've already said that. Ren, great question. We answered it in the first segment. Thank you. Um, all right. So Harry, we all know Harry. Harry is a uh, San Antonio. Harry. Harry. Harry is a San Antonio supporter. Uh, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Shout out to San Antonio. Uh, Thank you for the playoff spot. Yep, yep, yep. And it's it's really funny on, on Twitter. 
Um, you know, all these clubs who have made the postseason and their supporters and supporters groups have put the X near their name as in clinch the postseason. Harry, <laughs> he put the E for eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What a guy. Awesome. That's awesome. Harry, you're great. And we, we had, I had a great time with Harry when we went to San Antonio. He and, and the entire Crocketeers group were so awesome. We tailgated with them. They have a great tailgating spot. It even rained a little bit, but we were under a bridge, so we were all protected. Great food, great drinks, really nice people. Uh, Harry's question on Twitter is, did you send that check to the AR, assistant referee, that called offside on Lopez's winning goal? So just to update everybody so everybody's on the same page, uh, Lucas mentioned earlier New Mexico United needed some help to get into the postseason. We won, uh, but at around halftime, the final whistle blew on San Antonio and Colorado Springs. Now, San Antonio was up 2-0. And up a man. Colorado Springs had somebody sent off early in the match around 20-something? Crazy early. 27th minute. 27th minute. Uh, So the team that is at the bottom of the Western Conference, we needed them to come back from two goals down and down a man. It seemed pretty much impossible, but it happened. Uh, They scored two goals. One of them was an own goal, to be fair. Yes, one was an own goal. But then in the 88th minute, match is tied 2-2, there uh, was a series of shots. um, And essentially what happened was uh, there was one of the attackers, Lopez, uh, for for San Antonio, uh, was essentially on goal and picking up a rebound that came off the goalkeeper. And a lot of individuals uh, thought that he was onside, but he was called offside. So what I promised Harry is that we would go back and we would watch. Uh, and Josh, I'm sorry, you're remote, so you can't see this. But we can all make up, take our, biases, oh, take our biases out of it for a little bit. We can watch this video and decide if we think that Lopez is onside or offside. Okay, so we're going to take a couple seconds. We can edit this part out. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right, so we're going to watch this video. As you can imagine, Josh, the guys are all huddled up around a computer right now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, all I'm saying, RJ, is that they, you know, the two penalties that they got, they did not deserve. So it's kind of like a moot point. So we we've just watched it, Andrew. They were kind of soft penalties. I'll agree on that. They were. Andrew Lucas and I just watched the the play in question. I want to get your instant takes. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Onside, offside, what do you think? I mean, again, we're trying to leave our biases out of this. Well, when I uh, heard about this um, in all the uh, joy and laughter and happiness <laughs> of Saturday night, sure. uh, Ron Patel said, the, did you know San Antonio had a goal called off? I'm like, oh, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. Then I went back home, watched the footage. My first instinct when I saw it was... Uh, that was absolutely the wrong call. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at it again in the studio, I'm not sure that I'm entirely dissuaded from that. I think it really? was a very rough call. Hmm. Um, so I feel badly for San Antonio, but at the same time, uh, someone has to be the 11th place, unfortunately. So. Sure, sure. Lucas, your thoughts? Um, he was offside. I am inclined to agree with you. And and I, I, we're going to get into this a little bit. Uh RJ, RJ has I'm, the screenshot. I'm looking at a screenshot, a still frame, yeah. and he is offside in this picture. Yes, and and I'm and I'm going to tell you why. So the, the law, the offside law, says it's the last two defenders. 
The goalkeeper does not have special status here. Yeah. It is the last two defenders. So if you are goal side, you're offside. It doesn't matter if it's a goalkeeper. It doesn't matter if it's a random defender or two random defenders. Imagine if the goalkeeper is in the other goal. The goalkeeper does not have special status. And in that screenshot, he is goal side. He is offside. There's a last defender. Now, it's not the goalkeeper, but there is a there's only one defender between him and the goal when the second shot is taken. And that's the important thing. It's not when the ball arrives to him, and it's not when the ball arrives to the goalkeeper for the deflection either. Yeah. It's when the second shot was taken. Exactly. And when that second shot is taken, he is in an offside position. So that's why I think it was the right call. Do we have biases with this? Of course. Trying to remove my biases, I think it was the correct call. Well, to be fair, it's difficult to make any definitive decision based on uh, any broadcast from USL Productions. No, yeah, it's a, no offense. And USL it's Productions. It, uh, offense. Um, it's it's is is it, 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 I mean, it's a bad angle too. I mean, there's there's nothing you can do about that from I mean, from where the camera is. We're not going to get a better angle on that. Uh, but from what I'd be interested to see how that play would play out if it was uh, shot in Austin. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the mold with the, with the twenty seven cameras they have. Yeah, um, they have a picture of the go- uh, scoreboard or something like that. Yeah, well, and and on. here's what I would throw back to our boy Eri, who is a good guy and always fun to interact with on yes. Twitter. Is is this? Let's say it was a bad call. Sure. You know what else was a bad call? Devin Sandoval scoring against Tacoma and the AR completely missing it. Yep. So, Everybody has them. Yeah. So the AR bad calls cancel themselves out. Yep. And as Andrew said, someone has to be 11th. Unfortunately for Pal Harry, that's him this year. But yeah. it's a great coach that Troy talks very highly of Darren Powell out there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't expect San Antonio to be down for too long. I agree. And, and again, it, it sucks to have that happen to you in the last match of the season in such a dramatic fashion. The 88th minute in the match that decides whether or not you go to the postseason. That sucks. But you're 100% right, Lucas. It, it happens to every team. Maybe not in such a dramatic fashion, but it happens in every team. Uh, I think... Uh, I think our last question of the night comes from our friends, the Tulsa Lunatics, who we got to to hang out with a little bit when we went to Tulsa. Didn't like the result, but uh, we had a great time. Got to love the people. Them. They were they're they're like my favorite supporters group. How many hot? I love those nights there. We didn't. It was it was chilly. This is a chilly cookoff night, and our own Tina McNeely uh, entered, and I I was one of the judges. And the chili cook-off, and I thought hers was the best. I'm a little biased again, but it actually was the best. Uh, she did not win, but she deserved to. A lot of great chili. Really great people there. Um, so anyway, uh, besides a hot dog, what is your number one go-to food? And they gave us four options. Tacos, nachos, pizza, or chicken wings. Mm. Josh, you have first crack at this. Lucas can tell you that the answer to that question is is, is going to be determined by the quantity of uh, what's in front of me. Yeah. So based on average quantity uh, that I see those things come in, probably pizza mm. with uh, with nachos as a follow-up. But if we're talking about just like taste stuff, then it's probably got to be tacos. Okay. Okay, so no love for the chicken wings on that. All right, uh, Lucas, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go wildly different than my lovely counterpart, Josh. I am a chicken wings man through and through. See, I think with chicken wings is is the best chicken wings are just out of this freaking world. But a lot of chicken wings are not that good. Like when you get the cream of the crop, it's amazing. But I think there's a lot of bad chicken wings. In you're this gonna world. open up that door, like then ask the question, like, would you rather have bad pizza, bad well, tacos, no, bad right. chicken wings? You're 100 percent right. We're going off of we're yeah. all, at its best. Shut up, Lucas. You shut up, RJ. I've had enough of this <laughs> you abuse. Could go to I'm Hooters done. And get all three at the same time. But so you're but you're right. I mean, you're 100 percent right, though. I mean, to, to your point, Taco Bell's awful. 
I hate Taco Bell. I will fight you I in the middle it. of the studio. <laughs> I hate Taco Bell. I hate Taco Bell. But I love good tacos. I love good tacos. Taco Bell is certainly not that. All right, uh, Andrew, let's let's get away from uh, his terrible takes over there. Andrew, what do you think? And, and move on to my even worse takes. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, it depends on the setting. Uh, watch parties. Uh, chicken wings from Star Brothers Brewery oh, in San good. Antonio, just off of I-25. <laughs> Are, yes. are terrific. Yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely my go-to. Yeah, uh, but when it comes to tailgates uh, here at Isotopes Park, uh, two words: free tacos. Yes, yeah, so I was. I was you, <laughs> you stole my thunder. I was going to get to that. I was going to say the free taco sign is 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 everything. Uh, RJ, pizza, nachos, tacos, wings. That in, order. In that order. All right. That. Quick to the point. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go pizza as well. Um, and I love tacos. I love all four of these things. Uh, but I'm, I, uh, if, if I've got to choose one and the rest are eliminated forever, it's pizza. I, I love pizza. I love, I love anything with bread. It's a terrible choice. Man, you're a terrible person. So. I know. That's well, so I'm obviously an expert in terrible. <laughs> Takes one to no one. Um, all right. Well, I think we're going to end it there. Um, but uh, as we always do, RJ, do we have enough time for this? We do. Okay, cool. As we always do, um, anytime we have a guest on the show, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it be a player, a coach, whatever, uh, we give them, we give, or, or you scumbags, uh, we give them, uh, and Andrew, <laughs> and Andrew, we give them a, a, a you, moment RJ. to, to give a shout out to whomever they like, whether that be friends, family, staff, whatever, uh, we, we do give them the opportunity to, to, to give a shout out. So we're going to start with you, Andrew, the floor is yours to shout out whomever you'd like. Um, well, uh, I've been following soccer here in Albuquerque uh, for quite a while, so I'd like to shout out the people who really got it started, uh, Ron Patel and Lencho Espinoza mm-hmm. with uh, the Albuquerque Soul. we got to get Lencho on here. I've uh, followed them since their genesis, uh, almost six years now, and uh, it's led to what we have today. So thank you also to Peter Trevisani, to the entire uh, New Mexico United front office, the players, and thank you to... David and RJ, you've put in a lot of work for the curse, and uh, I don't know that we would have quite the experience that we're having now without uh, the work that you guys put in, all the work that no one sees um, during match days and, well, and, and away from match days. Thank you very much. And 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 what I what I like to say is when people bring that up is it truly is is a community effort. You know, we we do put in a lot of work, and and it's it's worth it. Um, for the experiences that we've had. And, and it's, it's a lot of other people putting a lot of work too. You know, Amanda and, and Susie and Brianna putting together those TIFO are amazing. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, you are always there on match day, <clears throat> early on match day. You're there for the tailgates to help us. You're there uh, for TIFO painting. I mean, Andrew, you're a huge, huge part of this. We would not be where we are without you. Um, and there are literally thousands of others who I could name. Uh, so and again, I appreciate you saying that RJ, I, I, I feel like I'm probably, you probably echo the sentiment, um, but it's it's so much more than just us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and Andrew, you are part of that. I mean, you, you were part. there from the beginning with us. You were there before us. Yeah, that's right. So you, we, we owe you kind of a lot of this too, Andrew. Yep, yep. Lucas, Thank you. you're up, buddy. 
Yeah, I'm going to break the rules because I'm a terrible person. I'm actually going to give uh, three shout-outs here. I'm going to keep one really short because I don't want to cry, and that's to my always lovely, beautiful, supportive wife. She's amazing. Who She's allows me to be on this incredible journey. Uh, yep, takes away from you know my time as a father, my time supporting her, and she, she just deals with it like an absolute champion. Uh, my second shout-out is to sort of what I deem the second supporters group. I mean, we have a stadium full of supporters group, but 205 Front Row, you have continued to great. make incredible art all year long we're so proud to display it in our office so stephanie eric and everyone else who's a part of that thank you for everything you've done and finally i would like to give a shout out to eric winalda slash the las vegas lights players uh, i'm sure you've seen it on social media eric put out a very you know classy board message for us they cleaned up the locker room they wished us good luck i thought that was great but even better than that the uh, lovely punzi who I already mentioned in the beginning is well known for the heinous things she says to opposing players from her spot at the front of 117 <laughs> she has a tremendous time giving them all they want and then some uh, apparently Las Vegas is her favorite group because they took it all in stride. They had a great time. Um, so, guys, you are welcome back to endure my wife's verbal abuse anytime you want. Punzi is amazing and wonderful and uh, just great. And I, I echo the sentiment on, on 205 Front Row, too. They are, they are, God, so talented. Oh, my God, how talented are they? Every time I, I, I was talking to, to a few of them at the, at the event on Sunday, and I was just like, every time I see one of your tifo it's like it's a step up and, it, and i can't think it would get any better like there's no way okay this one was amazing like you couldn't do better than the freighter one and then it just it just gets better and better and better and so impressive uh so yeah i echo everything you just said there uh josh lane uh the floor uh figuratively is yours because you're on the floor in sacramento but the floor here is yours my friend yeah i i actually i wanted to say this uh on Sunday when we did our end of year event with just the staff and the players, but um, I got to I got to thank the the players and the coaches for kind of putting up with me being in their space all year. It's um, I don't know I can't imagine what it's like being on that side of the camera. I hate being on that side of the camera. So for them to be you know so welcoming and understanding of you know getting up in their business for the whole season, it's been it's been a really cool ride. So. Shouts out to all those guys for, you know, being willing to to let me do do my thing, um, and also shouts out to Lucas because uh, I wouldn't be Damn here right. without him. So yeah, there you go. He'll claim that. Um, <laughs> there's no humility there. <laughs> no, yeah, man. Uh, lots of love for for all y'all, but um, would not have this opportunity without Lucas Cash. So shouts out. All right. Well, I think that is about the time that we've got. RJ, did you want to thank some of our friends? I sure do, especially the friends we're going to be hanging out with tomorrow. Ayo. Uh, join us tomorrow or today when you're listening to this. We're going to be over at Star Brothers Brewing. The home of the curse. The home of the curse. So come join us. We're having a big, giant curse party here. We have a few other events with uh, Star that we're going to be planning. So come on out tomorrow, today. And, and uh, please bring a coat. Uh, so we are participating, we and Star are participating in the Coats for Kids Drive. So if you have a new or gently used winter coat or jacket, Please, we want to try and, and make sure that the kids in our community are warm this winter. Every single coat or jacket helps. Um, Does size matter? Uh, we just just kid sized. Yeah. You know, it can be that. And then that could mean toddler. That could mean teenager. Um, just whatever you've got. Again, uh, gently used or new. 
really appreciate it. I, I went to Walmart the other day. They've got them for 15 bucks. If you can pick up one, if you can't, it's okay. Uh, you don't feel like that's a ticket to get into Starbucks. Everybody's welcome, but we just want to try and help however we can. So please make sure you do that. Sorry, yeah, RJ. So no problem. Yeah, please join us uh, over at Star Brothers Brewing. We also like to uh, thank Boxcar Brewing up in Santa Fe, Bosque Brewing down Las Cruces, uh, Rio Bravo Brewing over on Second Street here in Albuquerque, uh, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. They have uh, let us use the studio. They're the home of the New Mexico United broadcast this season, which was a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, also, the BGN. Uh, beautiful game network. Thank you guys for uh, hosting our podcast, mm-hmm. House of Soccer. The Noms, the Noms, love uh, the Noms. Doral Motors, Doral. Uh, huge shout out to Carlos. He all season long, he's he's yes, he's helped us throw some wild, fun tailgate parties, and, and he's just been uh, an awesome person to lean on when when and a great we need to. a great source of positive energy too. I really like Very around Carlos. Huge great positive source energy. of tacos. That too. Great Free tacos. tacos. Free tacos. That's right. Well, cool. Um. So yeah, gentlemen, it's it's Sacramento now. It's Sacramento. By the time people listen to this tonight, um, we're excited. It is historic in nature, as much of the season has been. And let's hope uh, we keep on rolling on our way to uh, to Phoenix and and. We're excited about Kick it. So, so uh, real quick, too, yes. shout out to Sorry. to all, all of our guests tonight. I mean, yes. it's awesome. This is the uh, this is our, our emotional support group here tonight. The Andrew, <laughs> Lucas, even though it's Lucas and, and Josh, emotional. <laughs> but <laughs> these guys are, are just amazing. They're, they're a lot of behind the scenes guys. You don't get to see these guys face up front, but I'm glad you're able to hear their voices and hear their stories because we absolutely love these three. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Sacramento uh, tonight, and we are excited, and we hope to be talking to you very shortly about a win in Sacramento and again going on to Phoenix. But until then, Somos Unidos. We are united. For the taking, the earth is shaking from that groovy quaking. Coming out of this guitar and, and the beat goes on and on and on for me.